That's where we're going to change our slogan to. Fetch and Shock, not the best podcast, but quite possibly the worst. <laughs> I, like, I can dig it. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. <laughs> I can do that. I did buy my wife one of those cricket things. What's a cricket? It's hard to explain. It's like a machine where you can make cards, print stuff on shirts. It's actually pretty neat. It's an arts and crafts thing. Yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. Oh, so you can explain it pretty easily. <laughs> If you want to be a dick about it, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> the math works out. That a thing that makes things. Good enough description. It's a craft. I thought so. It's a craft machine. Press button, craft come out. See? You get it. Yeah. You finally get it. Technology's crazy, man. It is wild. They got an invention for everything. So far. Now somebody just needs to invent something to make magic fucking playable again. And then we'll be cooking with gas. Just ban everything post 2019 would that machine yeah that machine would just be a time machine right i think so <laughs> like if you're if you're really thinking of the specific when people are like fun hey let's print narsad and karn yeah it's Oko a time machine and veil of summer a time machine solves all the problems hogak just no just someone go back and slap them on i think if we, we could have a time machine and we could go back and we could like stop the holocaust or 9-11 or something like that but before that We'll do those too. Go back to 2018, fix magic, then we'll take care of the rest of priorities. <laughs> priorities. You get it. What is up, you neckbeards? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the Ninth Life, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, a target in the graveyard for scavenging you, Matt. Matt, what is... Not a whole lot, man. Enjoying the nice weather. Trying to get out with the dogs as much as possible. It's like finally cooled down here so I can go outside and not die. I know, it's still like 80 seconds. something here. Oh, see, fuck that. Anything like above like 70 degrees over it immediately. Don't want to do it. That doesn't surprise me with you. I just don't uh, like being too hot. Finn I sweat also like a made, pig. Yeah, me too. That's a worse shit. Finn also has a buddy uh, that he met on one of our walks. So we always go to the, the uh, dog park with them. Oh, a little puppy playtime. Yeah, their dog's name is also Finn. Huh. I, that's interesting. I don't th- I've never met a dog named Finn before I met your Finn. And now that I know that there's two, I don't I don't like it. He's a good Finn. Well, they're both good Finns because they're dogs. Finn's full name, not actual name, his birth certificate or whatever, um, is Finnegan. Yeah, Finnegan is him, the official name. And they call him Finley. Oh, okay. So they're say they're technically different. They're nicknamed to the Yes. I never thought I'd be interested in dog lore as much as I am right now. You take it back. <laughs> or specifically like your dog and then a stranger's dog with the similar. Fair. I didn't think that we were ever going to start out an episode going that deep on two dogs names. It was a matter of time, I think. Right? Like we, we talk about the dogs a good amount. <laughs> but this was this is a weird turn. I would straight up just talk about only dogs. Well, we had the opportunity last week to make it like the Fetch and Shock Dogs podcast because of yeah. all the cool shit that was spoiled. And then we just kind of blew it. We just talked about other cards. We, we briefly mentioned dogs. We should only ever talk about dogs. Fuck this magic game. Let's just I mean, talk about dogs we meet in our adventures. The best boys and girls from magic's history. So, like, I guess last week was the Fetch and Shock Dog podcast. It should only be the Fetch and Shock Dog podcast. Dog 
dog podcast. As long as they keep releasing dog magic cards, we can continue to make it the Fetch and Shock dog podcast. Well, that's Fetch and Shock MTG dogs. I say we just cut the MTG. Okay, that's fine. Just dogs in general. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you later, nerds. Um, we're going to go record our other podcast. Uh, that's all about different breeds of dogs. Every yeah. episode is a different breed. Just a different pupper that we meet. Or just one specific dog. We do an hour and a half episode on just one dog. Yeah, see, you get it. It's just going to be ASMR. We just put a microphone really, really close to the dog. And then we just pet it a bunch. And it's just the ASMR of us petting the dog. <laughs> just videos of us hanging out with dogs. That's all we need. Oh, that would that content would be behind a paywall. They can listen to us pet dogs and hang out with dogs. That shit's free. But if they want to see us hanging out with dogs, $25 a month. You get two videos a month. We'll be rich beyond our wildest dreams. Probably really would be. <laughs> People watch a show called Dog Whisperer. Yeah, that's very true. Also, the Puppy Bowl exists. The pu- I love that, dude. Hell yeah. I mean, if I didn't love football as much as I love football, I would probably just watch the Puppy Bowl. But like, football's a thing. Yeah, you're a big Do you think they're fan. No- Do you think they're not going to have the Puppy Bowl this year because of uh, COVID? I don't know. Oh, man. What a devastating thing. Like, sure, COVID by itself, not a great thing. If they cancel the Poppy Bowl, though, has to be in the top 10 worst things that have ever happened to mankind. I honestly feel like it'll be okay by then. Uh, Well, fingers crossed. But there's one thing that we can say for certain, and it's that we have the entire Corset 2021 set spoilers. The entire set, it's out for the world to see. That is true. It's here. So I guess we should uh, maybe finish off some of the cards that we didn't have last week, but now we do. I guess we should just do the same thing where we go through and talk about them in uh, Wooburg order. Let's do it. Hold on. Let me bring it back up. All right. Well, I'll lead off with the first one. It's the first rare, at least, that I saw that came out that I thought was like, oh, this is really neat. Nine lives. Yes. This thing is going to get broken. I freaking love this card. A, this... A notable. We are, we are not the biggest fan of cats. This card, depicting all these cats. One of my favorite things I've seen. Out of it's this like thing. Simba looking up at the skies and seeing his Padre. Yo, that is exactly what I thought the first time I saw it. I was like, it's just a good little house cat looking up at like some of the most historically popular cats in Magic. Like all of these cats that are depicted in the sky are like legendary cats in Magic, which is so sick. But yeah, this card, Nine Lives, I guess we'll read it before we talk about it anymore. It is one white white for an enchantment. It has hexproof. And it says, if a source would deal damage to you, prevent that damage and put an incarnation counter on nine lives. When there are nine or more incarnation counters on nine lives, exile it. And then when nine lives leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. So really, this is like a, we'll call it like a fixed version of, what is it, Perixian Unlife? Yeah, kind of like that. It's very like similar to that style of card, right? Like a card that says you lose the game if it leaves the battlefield like there's a couple different versions of that card or that type of card yeah but if you can find a way to not get counters on this um specifically uh what's it called that it's another white enchantment uh solemnity solemnity that's it uh you just that uh makes you don't ever take damage yeah have to get rid of solemnity first and then get rid of yeah or i guess not unkillable right because it doesn't say you can't lose the game it just says basically damage, yeah. get get killed by damage of any kind. Like, so your opponent can still mill you out. It's like you do actually have to win the game after you put this combo together. You can't just well, like put it together with... and protect the combo. 
Yeah, that's the same with uh, the other cards similar to this. It doesn't ever prevent you from losing from stuff like that, but there's not many ways to win that aren't damaged. There are some, don't get me wrong, but... Well, my first inclination when I saw this card was, one, all cute, cat, nice. Uh, I want to give this away, and then I want to kill the cat. So basically give it to them and get 10 different forms of damage going. Yeah, like I want to be able to just to put together something like walking ballista and just like separate like 10 separate walking ballista triggers or just like make them sacrifice an enchantment there because there's ways out there for them to for to to make that happen like i want to be able to donate this card or what's the one that actually has the cat on it the red one the red donate uh something offering yeah harmless offering harmless and it has a cat on it how flavorful is that playing nine lives Putting a bunch of counters on it, like getting counters on it, because when you give it away, it still maintains those counters. And then just harmlessly offering a nine lives thing with eight counters on it to your opponent and being like, here you go, buddy. Uh, deal one damage to you. You're dead. Wouldn't it be easier to just donate it to him and then destroy it with like a sweeper, like a, like a cleaner cleansing or, so, or cleaner cleansing? Cleaner, cleaner cleansing. cleansing? I was thinking even lower to the ground than that. The one that Tron plays, the. Fix an Evan Rolls disc. Oh, Oblivion Stone. Oblivion Stone. That works too. You could do some funky shit with that. Yeah, you can get real funky. I love that. I mean, this is just a cool card. And it's like, yeah. it's really cool to see cards that are not like any cards we've seen before. Like, this is such a unique design and I love that. Definitely way different. Oh, for sure. One thing that I really uh, thought was pretty cool is a cycle and it's the shrines. Okay, can we, uh, the... can we just take a moment and say that me, Tyler, I was so fucking right with this. Yeah, you were. You Everybody on Twitter was just like, oh, whoa, the shrines are back, whoa. And like three weeks ago, I was like, they're putting the shrines in Corset 2021, y'all. Like, just wait, it's going to happen. Everybody's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And then shrines showed up and they're like, oh my God, if only somebody would have told us that this was going to happen. I was like, motherfuckers, <laughs> I did. Yeah, so it's the, the five color shrine. They're similar to the Hoden. Hodens? Hondens. 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 Yeah, well, the Hondens were... The ones from Kamigawa block. Yeah, these ones champions. are all card. These ones are all card uh, called uh, Sanctums. So instead of Hondens, they're Sanctums, but those cards are all still legendary enchantment shrines. Yeah, so one of them and they all do something different and they get better the more you have them. Yeah, well, let's cover let's cover the cycle of these while we're talking about them. So the Sanctum of Tranquility or the Sanctum of Tranquil Light is the white one. It is one white mana and for six mana, five and one white. You can tap target creature. This ability costs one less to activate for each shrine you control. So even with this one on the battlefield, it costs, it costs five. five. And I like how this is only one man. Mm-hmm. You can just get it out there and start getting just a bump from your other shrines as well. Yeah, I mean, usually the and you can do this more than yeah. You can do this more than once too. It's not oh yeah, that's like a repeatable effect. ability. Yeah, but um, we'll cover all of them right now. The black one is Sanctum of Stone Fangs. It is one in a black. And it says, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of shrines you... So you can see how these get out of hand in multiples. Um, yeah, the same, red one... same effects, similar, not the same effects, but same premise as the Hondans. Yeah, they all trigger on the number of shrines you control. So you can have these and the Hondans on the battlefield at the same time. Like, that's a lot of shrine triggers. Hondans aren't actually shrines, are they? They are, 100%. You sure about that? One million percent, yes. That's why this is so cool. I believe you, but I'm verifying. 
That's fine. I will read the red one while you're verifying that I'm correct. The red one are is... shrines. Goddamn. Okay. Yep. Nailed it. Um, the red one is Sanctum of Shattered Heights. It is two and a red. And for one mana, you can discard a land card or a shrine card. Sanctum of Shattered Heights deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of shrines you can. Um, sure. This one's, I mean, the fact that you can discard a land card, it's not discard a card is kind of awkward. Because, like, I don't know what world you're ever going to discard another shrine unless you have a redundant copy. But that just never happens. You can have redundant copies. It's just they're useless. Yeah, they, yeah they're really not great. Um, but this one's fine, I guess. Like, this one only really gets good in with multiple shrines on them. Yeah, which is the idea of the, the shrine, shrine tribal. Yeah, that, that is exactly what you want to do. Um, the blue one is Sanctum of Calm Waters. It is three and one blue. And it says, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may draw X cards, where X is the number of shrines you control, if you do discard a card. I mean, this one even by itself is pretty good. Like, at very least, it's just, at the it beginning of your pre-combat main, ability draw too, a discard. So, yeah, so you yeah. can't deck yourself with it, which is nice. I think this one's probably the most playable if you only have it. For four mana, though, that's not a very good ability. I mean, but it is every single turn. True. And there are things that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point that do trigger when you draw an additional card in this yeah, set. It helps like, that's just a the... free instance of it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is Sanctum of Fruitful Harvest. It is two and a green, and it says, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, add X mana of any one color, where X is the number of shrines you... This one would get wild. Yeah, this one has the potential to just get disgusting. But, I yeah. mean, the shrines are just cool. Like, that limited deck, being able to put that together, is so much fun. I never got to do it in whatever set from Kamigawa. Was it Champions? Champions of Kamigawa. Yeah. I never got to do it in that set. But, oh, if I would have been able to do that... Fair call oh. fixing was shit. Yeah, well, I've the only time I've actually set up that, like, epic combo is during a cube draft where those were in the cube. I don't remember what cube it was on Magic Online, but there was at one point one that had the shrines in it. Probably like a, what is it, Prince or Popper or one the, of those? I might have, might have been the Peasant cube. Peasant, that's what I was thinking. I couldn't I think I think that, that might be right. But there is also Mac Daddy Shrine. This one is cool, man. It is Wooberg. So it's one white, one blue, one black, one red, one green. It is shri- Sanctum of All. And it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library or graveyard for a shrine card and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. And if an ability of another shrine you control triggers while you control six or more shrines, that ability triggers an additional... Yeah, that that's wild. That's nuts. Because, like, if you just set up the monster combo of all the shrines on the battlefield at the same time... All of them are triggering. Which you should be able to win pretty yeah, easily. That shouldn't be very hard. Like, I mean, right then and there, you're 12 your opponent with the, the red black one. Shrine. Or the black one. And then you can just discard a land with the red one and just finish them off. Like, come to think of it, that ability might just be win more. But it is pretty nuts. If you if you need it to happen, it'll it'll do whatever you need it to do. Yeah, you can have it there, you know. I want to see someone build a commander deck with that. Is they they do that on what's that the verses the commander verses series on Star Setting where they just say hey what the hell we can do whatever we want we're gonna oh, make hell yeah you can have this as a commander that'd be fun to watch. Well, I mean, you could even just have a five color deck where you can pretty realistically just make this happen. Yeah, 
like the one that stands out to me is like Kenrith because that card is just so good at just keeping you in the game whether it's like through politicking with its abilities or just like either gaining life or drawing cards or like recurring a creature Kenrith does so much to keep you relevant that he would be the perfect shell I think for shrine tribal or just like a five color control with like all the sweepers and yeah, removal yeah, card draw yeah, these shrines are sweet. The only other white card, at least rares, that I was excited about, um, Glorious Anthem, reprint. Oh, I'm right. a sucker for Glorious Anthem. Yeah, those effects are always, they seem innocuous, and then it's like, oh, you have four creatures? Well, they're massive now? Or yeah, they get a slight thick. bump? Turning a bunch of one ones into two twos is pretty good. And like, yeah, it's just, that is just a way to win a game, especially in Limited. I love me a good Glorious Anthem in Limited. Yeah, because people were planning, like, okay, they have this, I can swing in. And then they're like, nope, you're an idiot. Yeah, it just ruins these. math. Yeah. I'm a big fan of a glorious anthem. How and about you, Matt? Any white cards for you? I think we covered everything else. Um, Yeah, I believe Noteworthy, so. at least, last last week. There are some commons and uncommons that are, like, neat. Um, But I don't think anything particularly noteworthy. Yeah, I don't... Noteworthy, no, I don't think. All right, well, let's move on to cards of the blue variety. Um, let's kick this off with a, another thing that I was right with, because uh, that feels good. Sublime Epiphany. Let me find it. Oh, I'll yes. Read, uh, yeah, I'll read it. It's yeah. sub, so Sublime Epiphany is an instant speed spell for four and two blue. It says choose one or more. Counter target spell, counter target activated or triggered ability, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, and target player draws a card. So this is that card with 31 potential options. Yeah. Just five things that you can choose any number of them as long as it's not zero. I mean, it's expensive for a cryptic command, but it just does a lot more than a cryptic command. Uh, I, I disagree. I think, obviously, cryptic command is way better than this. But Yeah, correct. Um, a lot of options, a lot of cool things. Um, countering a spell is always good. And then you can always just, oh, wow, I counter your spell. I'm going to bounce to that thing, make a copy of my best creature, and draw a card. Pretty good. Yeah, I would say, at very least, this is doing three things. I don't feel like there's never going to be a time where it's not at least doing three, where it's doing at least one of the counter abilities. It's bouncing one of their things, and it's drawing you a card. I can see scenarios where you don't have a creature, or you only have a legendary creature, and you obviously can't copy it. Yeah, I think three is the minimum on yeah, this. Yeah, at very least. But I think, realistically you're going to get four abilities out of this pretty frequently. Yeah. Like, bounce your thing, agree. copy my thing, draw a card, counter your spell is going to be the modes that are chosen on this uh, a vast majority of the time, like nine times out of ten. Yeah, I could see. I would agree with you. This, I mean, this you just People are going to get blown out by this in Limited. Oh, my goodness. This card is a blowout in a box. Yeah, this card is just dumb. Yeah, I don't see a world where... Uh, my opponent resolves this card, picks four modes, and I win the game after they've done that. Yeah. Because it's six mana. I mean, they're they're probably countering, like, my Haymaker spell. They're making something of theirs. I'm also getting something bounced, and they're drawing a card. Like, that's just yeah, more card advantage. Yeah, replacing itself is pretty big. It's huge, yeah. That's just more card advantage than I could ever imagine. I mean, hell, even in a context where it's late in the game and you top deck this... And like it was a top deck war and limited. It's not dead. Ever. You just rip you ripping this off the top of your library and just saying, uh, okay, bounce your thing, copy my thing, draw a card. 
that's not yeah. bad. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, because like you're you obviously can probably get you... an attack and still have something back to block, mm-hmm. and it replaces it. Yeah, I mean, because it's obviously it's an instant speed spell, so you can draw it, wait until your opponent's turn, and then if your opponent does nothing of meaning during their turn, just doing this at their end step and untapping, uh, that should be able to get you to where you're going. Yeah, that should be about it. Yeah. Yeah, that card's real. Um, another blue card that you and I talked about earlier this week. And that I have put a lot of thought and effort into, Shacklegeist. I am... Oh, the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have come around on this. I told you, I think it's better than what it looks like. And I I think you're right. So Shacklegeist, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is one in a blue. It is a creature spirit. It is a 2-2. It has flying. And Shacklegeist can block only creatures with flying. It also has tap two untapped spirits you control, tap target creature you don't control. I think that's what really matters. The block creatures with flying, I'm sure there will be some scenarios, but that doesn't seem that great. This and another spirit, you can just start tapping their stuff down. Yeah, um, and I think that is particularly important in Pioneer. This card is, and I and I was saying this since I saw the card, this card, I think, changes Pioneer spirits from just like a deck that people who are into spirits are playing to now that deck is, I think, can be considered a real contender and that's what i was trying to explain to you before so i'm glad that you're on the on my bandwagon it's offensive it's a good offensive and defensive card i could easily see times where you have three spirits in this and they go they just pass the turn you say okay i'm going to tap down those things and then chip in some damage oh you're going to attack me i'm going to tap it down still chip in some damage it changes racing pretty heavily in your favor it does change combat numbers a pretty significant amount i still do not think it's good enough for modern spirits which is initially where i was looking when i saw this card i was like oh it's just like it is yeah, you're, you're probably right spot there. where the two drops in modern even though the two drops in modern are really really similar to the two drops in pioneer their functions within the format are significantly different because the removal spells in modern are much 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 better than the removal spells in pioneer yeah so in the two drops in pioneer or the two drops air the removal spells in modern are why the two drops in spirits in modern are so good because they just insulate you so well from all of them i would agree the other uh spirit which i actually think is better is ghostly pilferer now this guy yeah i i really do like this creature yeah i think this is a lot better than the other one so this ghostly pilfer is one in a blue for a two one spirit rogue. When any whenever ghostly pilfer becomes untapped, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. Pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. Not nothing. Uh, I don't think it's super relevant in a lot of s- scenarios, but it can I mean, be. Yeah, I can think of just like the the scenario where. Your opponent goes like Snapcaster, bolt your spirit, and you just kind of you get to refill a little bit. Like he just replaces himself upon that. Outside of that, I don't really know what's where that Fla- comes yeah, into play. Flashback is pretty big. Yeah, um, that's all I can really think of. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's something else. There's, there's some other corner cases that that definitely matters. But I think the big one is like you said, flashback and then Snapcaster made. Yeah, and then I think the best part about this card is discard a card. Ghostly Pilferer can't be blocked. Yeah. Free discard outlet. Pseudo evasion and a free discard outlet is pretty good. Yeah, discard outlets always tend to be pretty good. And then um, this guy 
kind of loots very very slow loots by himself yeah i mean if, or not loot what's the one rummage yeah it rummages because you have to discard the card yeah i mean if you if madness was the thing too that maybe comes out sometime madness, soon uh, right that's, madness that's would be sick one. yeah like that that's a cool thing um i don't know if there's any rogue synergies but i guess like the unblockable thing kind of fits in with that um but that's the immediate spirit synergy that i was thinking is just like you, oh, you have a four five or pretty big five four yeah uh-huh some lords and then, oh unblockable chip in okay yep like in just in pioneer alone like you get uh empyrean eagle which makes him bigger uh you get supreme phantom which makes him and bigger empyrean eagle does not make it bigger that's only creatures with flying this guy does not have flying oh you're right it's not spirits it's creatures with flying that makes it worse oh this guy not having flying is such a bummer i mean he's walking this spirit rogue walking through a wall so don't really need flying at that at that juncture in your well, life at very least he's a spirit who kind of like hovers he I don't floats know. i wish he was i wish he had flying that's just that's all i want i just want my spirit to have flying fair i'm looking at you kataki wars wage <laughs> i wish that motherfucker had flying so bad uh we did we miss anything in blue um no i don't think so i think that rounds out the the rares that we wanted to talk about you want to move on to black? Yes, sir, I do. Yeah, I don't see any other ones. Were there any cards specifically that you were looking at in black? I really liked uh, Hooded Blightfang. That's what I was just stopping on. Yeah, that thing. Hooded Blightfang uh, is so cool. Death Touch to Planeswalkers is pretty neat. Uh-huh. So Hooded Blightfang is two in one black for a creature snake. It is a one four. It has Death Touch. It also says whenever Which, a creature... let's start there. Like that's pretty good on its own. A three mana one four death touch one yeah. four survives. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Can... It's going to survive a lot of combat unless they waste a card like a combat trick. But even then, this guy's still probably just trading. Yeah. So it's a two for one, like in your favor. So that's nice. But yeah, this guy also has whenever a creature you control with death touch attacks, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then also, whenever a creature you control with Death Touch deals damage to a Planeswalker, destroy that Planeswalker. Which I thought should always been the case. If it has, if a creature has Death Touch and it touches a Planeswalker, you would think that it should still still die. Well, I mean, when a creature with Death Touch touches you, you don't die. I guess, and they're Planeswalkers. And the Planeswalkers are like supposed to be like just pseudo players sweating on your side. Yeah. That, At least that was yep. like the original design concept. But I mean, regardless, that's freaking ability and a half. And it's not even just this creature. It gives this to your creatures with death touch. That's yeah. nasty. If you remember, there's a sliver whenever, I think there's a siphon sliver, I think. Whenever all slivers gain, whenever they attack, you're put draining gain one. That's mm. really good. Very good. Now, this thing obviously isn't a sliver, but. No, but it's a. That, but it, that ability it, is pretty good. Instead of having to worry about sliver tribal, uh, you just have to worry about death touch tribal. Which I think That'd is be miserable to play against. Yeah. Death Touch Tribal does seem like the worst thing in the entire world. <laughs> it seems real bad. You seems know, somebody who's listening to this is just going to be like, oh, now I have to make a Death Touch Tribal deck. And it that wouldn't is be that pain in the ass. hard that would work part of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Too many one drop Death Touchers or two drop one ones that are Death Touch. Oh, there's a thousand. Curve topper this. It <laughs> just like, oh, I, I am now impenetrable. Oh, that's... Oh, I don't even want to think about that anymore. Makes you feel any better. Any other uh, black cards you wanted to cover? I think we well, covered there, mostly everything. There is one more that I thought was neat, that there might be a little sub-theme of rogues. It is Thieves Guild Enforcer. 
one black, one one for a human rogue. It has flash and says whenever Thieves Guild Enforcer or another rogue enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent mills two. And then as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, uh, Thieves Guild Enforcer gets a plus two, plus one, and death touch. Didn't we talk about this last time? I don't remember, it's did we? Pretty sure we did, but we can talk about it again. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's Sure, a if we talked about it last time and you listened, just skip this 15 seconds. Yeah, it's 3-2 yeah. for one that helps your mill plan. Pretty good. Yeah. It flashes. And rogue. Rogues could do a thing. Yeah, mill them out. Like, that's always something that mill is, like, pretty weak with, is, like, being able to either finish the game in another way or put up things that stop you from dying. Uh, This card does both of those things. Yeah, this it lady be... also looks super badass. Oh my goodness! Yeah, she's, she's like her wiping off a blood-soaked dagger. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, she looks bad to the bone. I do really. Yeah, I love that art. Well, uh, you got everything other in black then? No, I think we covered all the other black stuff last week. Not a whole lot of new. No, we don't have a this ton set, of these things. We covered. Yeah, we covered a good lion's share of the set last week. But um, let's move on to red cards. Yeet yeet. So, out of red, some of the rares that we did not get to cover. Sabira. Oh, yeah, that oh. one's... Yeah, go Sabira's ahead. really go good. First. Let's do that one first. I like Sabira. Yeah, so, Su Subira, uh, Tolzidi Caravaner. Uh, she is two in a red, legendary creature, human shaman, uh, two, three, haste, one colorless, another target creature with power two or less, can't be blocked. Pretty good. Can't target herself, but that's fine. Yeah, And sure. then, one, one red... One and a red, excuse me, tap. Discard your hand until end of turn. Whenever a creature you control with power two or less deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Oh, yeah. I love this. Just, like, get aggressive with it. Like, turn one, creature. Turn two, creature, creature. Turn three, her. Turn four, play a creature. Activate her ability. Get in with the team. Refill your hand, yeah. Yeah, and then just, like, refill. And then, like, that just means that you play your stuff pre-combat, have enough to activate that ability, and then just get sideways and refill, and then just go again. What's the the rolling with Ornithopter? Ornithopter deals damage. It's just zero, correct? No, it does not deal damage. Oh, okay. Well, that ruins my plan. <laughs> you just want to do Ornithopter and Sabira Tribal. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ornithopter is the best creature to turn on. Uh, ninjutsu. That's true, because it can attack, it just cannot deal damage. Oh, I, I kind of like where your head's at there. Gotta get spicy. You wanted to talk about Chandra's Incinerator. I do like this card a lot. So Chandra's Incinerator is a 6-6 six, six elemental for 5 and a red. It says, this spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total amount of non-combat damage dealt to your opponent this turn. It has trample and says, whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, Chandra's Incinerator deals that much damage to target creature or planeswalker that player controls. Whoa. There's a lot of non-combat damage. Yeah, like just like two bolts and this guy costs one red. Yeah. Or even like a, like a bolt and a shock. This guy costs one red. Do shock lands deal damage or do you lose life? It's loss of life. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I was when I originally saw this, I was like, Ooh, fetch lands and shock lands. And no, I was wait. like, wait. Fetch lands are paying life. I think shock lands... I'm I think shock lands right. deal you damage. I think shock lands do deal you damage. I think you're right. No, that's it's not... pay two life. No, it's pay, pay two, two life. life. Yep, okay, so that's technically not dealt damage. But there are other ways, like you said, direct damage spells mm -hmm. um, or stuff like Eidolon of Great Rebel. 
yeah, this card, I think this card is going to be pretty good. I mean, it's six like, mana's a lot, and it's never going to be just one mana. If you think about it, it's going to generally be like a bolt turns it into two cards and three mana, four mana, because you have to play the bolt as well. Sure, but in most of those the decks that you're going to be playing this, a good portion of your deck is going to be things that you can just point at your opponent's head. I, could I think see on this... average, this costs like one or two cards and like somewhere between three and one mana. Or like pingers, turn this thing, make it a little better. Because there are yeah. some pingers that's like deal damage to its power and there, there's weird shit you could do. I'm not sold on this card yet. I, I like it. Interesting. I think it's sweet. It's definitely interesting. And it's a 6-6 six, six trampler. Like even if you pay like a card and three mana for this or a card and four mana, that's still a good rate. Like if you if you had a card that said uh, discard an instant speed spell and for two and a red you get a six six trampler, you'd you'd that would still be a good card. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I think deconstructed. That's essentially what the casting cost on this is, right? Except for you get to still deal damage with that spell. Yeah, it turns bolts into dark richling three damage Ooh. essentially. Yeah, when you pay one red for uh, deal three damage, get three colorless mana for this guy. That makes Bolt sound pretty good. Like, Bolt did, wasn't good before. Yeah, Bolt Bolt really needed help to sound good. Right? <laughs> yeah, we might be stretching it a little bit. But I think that does it for the red cards, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Let's move on to some cards of the green variety. First one, notably, our boy Scooze is back. Good old Scooze. Oh, man, scavenging is Holy crap. I remember this card coming out and just being like, what is this? This is so sweet. And then it yes. was immediately in modern. It's oh, played it's, some well, legacy decks. It really was good. Killer. Hoses graveyard. Mm-hmm. Plus, it just grows and gains you life. It kind of does everything you want a two drop to do. Especially out of a green two drop, too. This is where green cards started making their turn to taking over magic. Was scavenging use? Can we put yes. a, a flag in the sand saying, Scooze? That's you probably not this. true, but they had, <laughs> nope. the, they had the top Scooze. Nope, we are. Throwing Scooze under the bus. He is now our flagship creature for the downturn of magic that made green the best color. Damn it, Scooze. And so now they just printed Scavenging Use just to remind us, like, hey, remember that one time we printed a card that was really good and changed magic? Uh, here it is. This is just a sick joke by Wizard. Sorry. Um, I mean, were there any other green cards you wanted to talk about? We got another Thrashing Brawn to Dawn reprint. Oh, dude, the gift that keeps on giving. I think we covered everything else. Yeah, I want to say that was all of the colored spells. Did we color Joel, Joel Rail, one volley recluse? I don't think we did. Oh, I don't think we did either. How about, yeah, fire that off. So I'm going to butcher the name again, so I apologize. Joel Rail, one volley recluse. Uh, she is one in a green legendary creature, human druid, uh, a one, two. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, Create a 2-2 green cat creature token. Pretty good. And then for 4 green green, until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in the end. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Pretty good. I mean... Especially, it wants you to be drawing cards to make cats. Yeah. And then once you have 6 mana, you can just make them all your creatures larger. Doesn't give him trample or anything, but I think it's fine. It's a two drop, and my, especially if my, you can take advantage of that. Draw yeah. A second oh yeah, card. for sure. Especially if you like draw a draw a second card on your turn, and then if you can draw two cards in your opponent's turn, that feels really good. Yeah. I mean, that might not be the most doable thing, but if you it's can do it, impossible. you're gonna go off. 
Oh, I'll opt into another opt opt. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Sign me up. That seems okay. Now I think that finishes out our green cards, right? Uh, I think. All right. Let's. I, we definitely talked about all of the colorless cards. So let's move on to multicolor because I think that's the last card that we need to talk about. Um, that was released is the one other multicolor legend that was printed in the set. It is Rada Heart of Keld. Uh, she is one red green. She's a three three elf warrior, and she says. As long as it is your turn, Rada, Heart of Keld, has First Strike. She also says, you may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may play lands from the top of your library. And for four, a red and a green, Rada gets X, or plus X plus X until the end of turn, where X is the number of lands you control. Very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, this bitch, Mofo Viking. Being able to play lands from the top of your library has We've always We've seen proven. that being very good. Good yeah, there's time multiple time instances again. of that being good. I do like how it's not revealed though. That's kind of that's a new twist on that. Yeah, that's that is a different take. It's not like the Oracle Moldiah Corpser of Crufix thing where you just play with the top card revealed. I like how many how many times do you play lands from the top before this is like ridiculous? Do you think the first one it's just like oh cool? Yeah, like, I think the first one's just what, good enough. What point is kind of similar to hey draw a because it kind of is. Um, depending on what else is on top of your library. Like, you're really at the mercy of the top of your deck with stuff like that, right? Unless there's ways to manipulate it. Yeah, which in standard, there's probably not. But I, think, I think at that point, if you play, like, two cards Just... on top of your library, that's like drawing a card. It's like one and a half, I think, is, like, the actual sweet spot, but you obviously can't play half a land. Not with that attitude. That's yeah. You just take the top card of your library. Your opponent doesn't know what it is. You just rip it in half and just play the top card that has the art on it. Also, yeah. an elf. She's I mean, an elf, so that's not this nothing. This is just gonna be a nuts commander, right? I think so. Uh, just you're not making additional land drops, but no. But there's also ways to do that. Yeah. Like you can still play exploration in the format. Like there, you can still play a million different other things that I'll give you additional land drops. Uh, right of flourishing and stuff like that. Like, someone, this card as a commander is extra sweet. Someone brew this in vintage with fastball. Hmm. Now you're cooking it with gas. Well, fastball and Courser is just so nuts because you don't lose life. Did not even think of that. Yeah, but fastball yeah. and Courser is just, I think, better than her. Well, she can, like, actually... But she can kill some, your opponent. She can put some damage on, yeah. Yeah. Like, being a 3-3 potentially much larger... I mean, because here's the thing. If you're using that ability, she's probably just getting a plus six, plus six, right? <laughs> you're using your lands to do that. Most of the time, especially like, in non-vintage formats. Yeah. I mean, I think just generically in the deck that she wants to be in, your lands are the focal point. Does you're not using like a no? Or is this fight over the three drop with Uro? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if this is. Are you talking about like standard or what? No, no, no. Legacy. I said legacy. Like, is this legacy oh. lands playable? Uh, no, I don't think. If she let you play an additional land, I could see. Yeah, that, that would be a lot better. That makes sense. But the fact Where that you Uro can't... does do that. Yeah, that I think that's the big the big trade off. Like Uro is just an additional land draw. Sure, you have to have the land in your hand, but Uro's also drawing you a card before you have to do the land thing, which can just get you a land. Um, and uh, Uro's just I think much better. When you get to cast it. Yeah, I agree. Do you have... Oh, that was the only one we didn't get to talk about. Do we get any lands? I don't think so. We got no new lands. Yeah, I think that was the whole cycle that they no. came out with. Yep. I, yeah, the only lands that are in the set really are uh, Fable Passage, which we talked about. Uh, 
Animal Sanctuary, which we talked about, the Temples, which we talked about, Radiant Foundry, which we talked about. You have the cycle of Enter the Battlefield Tactic Lands, and that's it, outside of Basics. All right, covered it all. Well, okay, now that we have the entire set, what did we give it last week? It was like a 7 out of 10 on our grading scale? Something like that. Now that we have the entire set, has that changed? No, I don't think so. I, I And I agree. Nothing um, ridiculous came out. It's like, oh, shit. I still think it's like a 7, 7.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with a 7 um, for that, a core set, which is yeah. bewildering. I mean, that honestly is get, might wax and wane depending on how the limited format shakes out. Because, again, we don't have the limited format to play right now. So not really much data to base that on. Um, but we do get to look at the entire set and kind of get an idea of how limited is going to work out. I know me and Matt definitely got a chance to look at the cards for limited. Uh, hint for maybe our top five. But I think this limited format is going to be sweet. Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, speaking of limited format, Matt, Corset 2021 might be the first inaugural Fetch and Shock post-release, pre-release. Yeah, so you want to explain what that is? Because people are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Well, the post-pre-release, pre-release, obviously, is a pre-release that we're going to do after the release of the car. The Actually, the idea was brought up to me by one of the listeners of the podcast, Rupert. So shout out to you, Rupert. Um, it's about freaking time. Because at this point, um, a lot of LGSs across the country, uh, across the world, actually, um, are still closed, maybe not functioning at least as they were before all the COVID stuff happened. Um, and we still want people to have the opportunity to have pre-release experience. Because I got a pre-release pack for Akoria, and I opened up my pool, and I built my deck. And my deck was so sweet, and all I wanted to do was get out there and play it, and I couldn't. And that felt so bad. Is it still together? Um, I think it might be somewhere. I don't remember where I threw it. I know that there's one card that's not available because it was our mystery giveaway. It was a foil pre-release uh, Yorian. Because that was in the deck. It was my companion. <laughs> but I, that, I guess that could be. But regardless, I we wanted to be able to give that opportunity for people who want to have a pre-release experience to have a pre-release experience. So we are going to try to run our very own Fetch and Shock post-pre-release pre-release. If you're interested in that, I suggest you jump onto the Fetch and Shock Discord. The link can be found on our Twitter and in the notes for this episode. Um, go on to there. Uh, we're going to be hashing out some details here in the coming weeks. Um, we're going to try to do it on a website called uh, Spell Table, which, Matt, I don't know if you're familiar with Spell Table. I am not. It is everything you could have ever imagined out of a live magic streaming website for, for like Magic the Gathering. It is literally built for. It's called Spell Table. Spell Table, yeah. So it's you go on there you make an account you just give them your email and like your account information they don't send you emails because i can confirm that because i've had an account for a couple weeks at this point but can confirm yeah so it can confirm uh but you go on it's built initially for like four player commander games but you can do it with two players we're going to set it up through there and through our discord you'll be able to chat with your opponent through the discord or through spell table we'll all get on stream we'll all open up our packs and build our sealed decks and then we will just do a standard pre-release thing. Uh, me and Matt will make up the the pairings uh, through some sort of website. Yeah, they have. There's a million uh, different options, but and they're relatively easy to find. We'll just pick one and then do the pairings. Yeah, we'll set up the pairings. We'll run a pre-release, um, and we'll get to play Magic with a bunch of cool people from the Discord, a bunch of listeners. And if so, if you're interested 
in the opportunity to play a pre-release with the members of the Fetch and Shock podcast and the Fetch and Shock Discord. Uh, jump on the Discord, let us know you're interested, and uh, you'll be hearing details from us soon. We're trying to get this set up for the week after 4th of July, or the weekend after 4th of July, which is like July 10th through the 12th. But we'll hash out details a little bit closer to this. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure we'll be chit-chatting about it. Oh, for sure. to find the, the best way to do it. I am super excited about this. Because then it's like, oh, I get to actually play pre-release. Yeah, you get to make your own deck and go to battle. Yeah, because at this point, I'm sick of playing Magic Online. I want to feel the physical pieces of cardboard in my hand. Yeah, that's why I like playing over uh, like Skype and Whereby and stuff like that. It's, you still get to play paper, but you still get to play with friends and even new friends if you're doing something like this yeah oh yeah i can't wait to just like completely get embarrassed by members of the the fetch and shock audience that is gonna be my favorite part about i'm gonna smush some nerds just all of our listeners just killing us we're the only people in this entire event that go oh and three (laughs) i can't wait for that it'll be you going oh and three i'm gonna call a two one nope three oh calling it now i have been right in the past i've been right about multiple things actually surprisingly enough and yeah, who knows that's, that's in the the pipeline yeah oh yeah i'm excited for it and who knows if this goes well we might even have a post-release pre-release for jumpstart huh how about that for a segue huh that was a good segue yeah you like that that's pretty yeah. pretty decent so uh <laughs> out of the frying pan into the fire one door closes another door opens uh we had one day one single day this week i believe it was tuesday that wasn't a spoiler day monday Course at 2021 ended, and Wednesday, we got thrown a ton of new stuff from Jumpstart. Hell yes, we did. Oh boy, am I excited for Jumpstart, dude. Holy, this set is sweet. Pretty cool. But um, first of all, before we jump... for the fences on this. Oh, for sure. Some of the reprints are nuts. But before we jump into some of the cards that were spoiled, uh, let's go over some of the finer details of the set, because um, this is a very, very unique way to play Magic. Definitely different, yeah. Yeah, the first of its kind. And we we had a little bit of information before, which we talked about uh, a thousand episodes ago, I feel. But now we have a very, very good idea of how this format's going to be played. So Jumpstart works like this. You are going to get two packs of Jumpstart. Each of them have 20 cards each. And you open up the packs, and the first thing you're going to see in the pack is a little descriptor card. That is going to tell you what the theme is of that pack. So there are, I believe... 46 themes in Jumpstart and 121 different packs. Now, all these packs are seated, so you, you're going to know what's in the pack. It's like a or pre-release general pack. idea of what's in the pack. So yeah, they're all of their... Only on steroids. Yeah, the cards are going to be the exact same for the packs that are seated the same. Um, but obviously, you do the math. Uh, 46 is obviously not going to add up to 100 and 21 so there are going to be different versions of certain seated packs so it's going to be kind of like a common uncommon rare deal so common seated packs or themed packs are going to have four different variations uncommon themed packs are going to have two different variations and there's going to be rare uh, themed packs that only have one variation so all of those ones are going to have the exact same cards neat Yeah, and all the packs have the lands that you need to play, so you don't have to worry about having basic lands with you. All of them have, like, between seven and eight lands, all based on... And if they're seated, yeah, if you're seated, you're really not going to need 
more than that. So, well, your the idea is that you don't ever need anything based on that because the packs are seated such that you should have the man of the cast have. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's pre yep. predetermined pretty much for you. Which just on that description alone, I am so excited to get this. Like this is just the ultimate version of pack wars, right? You just get two packs, crack them, shuffle them together. Don't even put sleeves on them because fuck that. Just shuffle them together. Oh, maybe put sleeves on them. Some of these reprints are insane. I was about but, to say. That's yeah, do a, it. That's a ballsy move. I'm just going to fucking just, just riffle shuffle my brand new copy of uh, <laughs> like Oracle Bulldye or something. It's but yeah, you the just. The most expensive card. So sleep them. Don't sleep them. Whatever. Just shuffle them together and then get with a buddy and just jam games. What more could you ask for? Seems pretty cool. This is even quicker to play than Pack Wars, which is nuts. Yeah, because yeah. they're pretty focused. Yeah, I love this. So let's start out with uh, white cards that have been spoiled so far. Uh, you want to do the go through Wooberg style? Yeah, that's just going to be our new thing. We do the Wooberg. Um, the first one is actually a brand new card. It is Emil the Bless. Fucking unicorn, unicorn tribal, bro. Unicorn is actually one of the themes, which is super cool. Emil the Blessed is two and two white for a legendary creature. Unicorn. It is a four, four. And it says, for three mana, exile another target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. And whenever another... going to turn that to just blink. Yeah, I, like kind of like they did with Mill. Yeah, just, hey, blink a creature. Hey, blink a creature. Because that is super wordy. You're right. But anyway, Emil also has, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay a hybrid green or white mana. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. If it's a unicorn, put two plus one plus one counters on. So yeah, Seems this thing's not good. Yeah, and like the the blink ability, not a tap ability. No, you can just just go for the fences, but swing for it for sure. I don't think there are enough unicorns uh, to make a unicorn tribal commander, not especially yet. in green white. Uh, but I mean, you could try. Can you just I don't do think horse it would be tribal? That hard. No, horses are little bitches compared to unicorns. I mean, unicorns are just are weaponized horses, right? Yeah, they got a fucking spear on their head. Yeah, they're horses with swords. Sources. <laughs> Incredible. Another so, white card. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say Blessed Sanctuary. Oh, yeah, this card is very good. Yeah, so this is uh, three white white for an enchantment that reads prevent all non-combat damage damage that would be dealt to you and creatures you control and then whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control create a 2-2 white unicorn creature token yeah that seems okay seems pretty good yeah seems i'm a big fan of this pretty good yeah that seems nuts and you know what's the good thing about this too because unicorn is one of the rare themed packs if you end up opening the one that says unicorn on the uh, descriptor card you're getting both Emil and Blessed Sanctuary in the same deck, guaranteed. Yeah. That's sick. That gets dirty pretty quickly, yeah. Oh, big time. Um, another card that I saw that was uh, pretty stoked, not not on the Unicorn pack, but out of the Doggo pack. We got Isumaru reprint, bud. We did get Isumaru reprint. Oh, hell yeah. First of all, the flavor text that we talked about last week, blown Still up there. to the whole thing. So it's like it looks better because the text is bigger. Um, it has the legendary border on it, which this is the first time Isumaru is printed with that, which is cool. And if you like type that dog. border. Yeah. Well, they change hounds to dogs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was a hound before and now he's a full on doggo. 
I also really like the card uh, Release the Dogs. They fucked up, and it should have been Who Let the Dogs Out. I was just, dude, thank you so much. Why are our brains so similar? I I literally just saw this as I was scrolling, and I was like, what is going on? Yo, that's exactly what I thought. Even, okay, my initial thought was Release the Dogs, and the flavor text could have been Who Let the Dogs Out? And then, there, like, quoted some character. some trademark thing where they would have had to pay an arm and a leg for that, as a guess. Oh, man, that's such a brutal move, though. Like, if they they could have just put it in the flavor text. They used to quote, like, literature and stuff in old flavor text. Why can't they quote a beautiful piece of modern literature in Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men? Why couldn't yeah, they just, have done that? Just quote it. <laughs> oh, God. So noxious. But this card's uh, sick, though. Four mana create four one one doggies? It is sorcery. Um, sure. It'd be, be much, much better if it was instant, but um, I love the variation of the dogs on this card, too. Oh, yeah, there's, like, the big gnarly hound, the one with, like, a shield on its chest, and then just the good little boy in front. He's just like, I'm here, too, guys. Yeah, a little. it's like a little Jack Russell Terrier. Yep, exactly. Oh, hell yeah. I love this card so much. But, like, they could have done the flavor texture let the dogs out. And just, like, dash Baja, man. <laughs> that would have been fucking perfect. Someone, someone please alter this card for that. Fuck, I'll alter it. I'll just erase it and then just write that in. Oh, hell yeah. Or, you, have you, I mean, Library Lang on Twitter, how he does his alters where he, like, just Sharpies over it and then does Silver Sharpie over top. Yeah. That's what I need. That'd be good. Uh-huh. I need that in my life big time. Oh, hell yeah. Who let the fucking dogs out? Any other white cards? Um, As of now, there's not really anything else. Like, we got Pacifism reprint in this, which is cool. Uh, but I think that's just going to generically be in the white-themed decks. Yeah, I would assume. Because that is something, too. As far as the themes that we've seen so far, they're all only one color, except for one of them. And the one that isn't just one color is a rare one, and it's five color. Yeah, so they either kept it simple or went wild with Which I, I really like that. I think that's a plus. We can uh, move on to blue here. Yeah, blue's got some heavy hitters, man. Yes, it does. So we got a good amount of reprints, too, already. Oh, for sure. Uh, read the runes. Uh, huzzah, dredge players. Yeah, that's a... I mean, that is a really solid reprint. I don't know. I don't think it was a ton of money before, because I think it was in commander decks. No, but just more availability is never bad. Yep, yeah, exactly. That was going to be yeah my exact point. Uh, read the runes is a solid card. Um, other reprints we got, Mystic Archaeologist is actually a really sweet card that I genuinely enjoy in Limited. There's a Thirst yeah, for Knowledge you, reprint. Yeah, you think the five mana draw two cards is unattainable, and you're like, oh, I have, I drew this in my control deck, and I have seven lands. Cool. Yeah, when you can draw a card and still cast a spell or leave mana open for a counter spell, that's really good. Yeah. Or just like even have five mana, leave something over for a counter spell, and then if they don't do anything, end of turn, draw a card. Uh, yeah, okay. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, really, really enjoy that card. Uh, um, another reprint uh, that will probably drop the price down on it is Ristic Study. Fingers crossed, man. Actually, no, fuck that. Keep that card uh, as high of a price as possible so less people get it. So I pe- less people play it because I want Ristic Study banning. Fuck that card. It's the least fun commander card, but like also for people who want to play it, I understand people aren't me. It's good that it is getting real. Yeah. But also, if you play this card in Commander, uh, I hate you. <laughs> play the card in Commander, it's good. No, it's, um, it's so good. A card that's been kind of breaking a lot of people's minds is a new card, Ormos Archive Keep. This card is, I think, one of the best designed cards I've seen in a very long time. 
it's pretty good. Like so, it's on, uh, it's go up ahead there. Read it. Like yeah, I'll I will. It, yeah, it. it's it's up there with like the new style of design of like nine lives. How I was saying, I really like that design of a card because it's really unique. This is in that category, but yeah. So Ormos Archive Keeper is four and two blue for a legendary creature, Sphinx. Sphinxes are so cool to begin with. I've always loved Damn their art. Straight they are. You nailed it with that. It's like a badass griffin. Hell yeah. But it's a 5-5 five five for, it has flying. And it also says, if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, instead put <laughs> five plus one plus one counters on Ormus. Also, one and two blue, discard three cards with different names, draw five cards. That part is wild. Yo, that card is nuts. This is going to be a commander powerhouse. I honestly think this might be the second best Sphinx in Commander now. What's the... Oh, Consecrated Sphinx is the best yeah, one. That was stupid of me. But man, this card really does just a lot of things that Blue wants you to do. Draw cards. It doesn't let you mill out uh, due to its replacement effect. And it's just a big old beater. Like yeah. a six mana 5-5 five, five flyer is good rate. Even if you don't activate it. Yeah, with a crazy good ability. And if you can somehow, like, just get them good, I really like this card. And, like, consider the fact that this is also in a 40-card format, where the chance of you being able to draw yourself out, especially with that ability, because there are a lot of one-ofs in these decks, you're going to be able to deck yourself pretty good with this. This guy is just an insane win condition. Six mana five five flyer on itself is a really good win condition. Can oh, yeah. I uh, can I introduce you to the the actual second best Sphinx and Commander? Oh, please do. Uh, Scholar of the Lost Trove. Jeez, man, this one is. Holy! This is kind of wild. A combo player's dream. Yeah. So this is five blue blue. Uh, it is also a Sphinx, not legendary. It is a five five flyer. And this is the wild part. When Scholar of Law of the Lost Troves enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant, sorcery, or artifact card from your graveyard without paying its... Uh-huh. If an instant or sorcery spell cast this way would be put into the graveyard this turn, exile it in... Golly! Banana. Yeah. This card does so much. Let's do some work, for sure. Like, what is, like... This, this card just has so much to unpack, especially in the, the commander context. It just, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, there's going to be some combos. With, for yeah, sure. like there's there's dumb things that you can do with artifacts, which of course blue is going to be in the a color in that artifact deck. Uh, and, I think it always is. I don't think you can have blue without artifacts. Yeah, I mean, there's like mono red artifact stuff, but that's just kind of a different beast altogether. But I think the big thing is to, I mean, it says artifact or it says artifact. It also says instant sorcery. Have you ever played commander where someone didn't have crazy powerful instant sorceries? No, zero times out of 10. Yeah. Or artifacts for that matter. Yeah. I mean, and this one obviously can't get stuff from your opponent's graveyard, but there's also a million other cards that can do that. Hell, there's instant and sorceries that let you do that. You can do that and then just cast this guy and then do that again if that's what you're trying to do. But there's, I mean, the only thing that would make this better is if it had Flash. Yeah, do you know what I really thought about this with? What's up? Something vintage Oath of Druids. Oh, something something Oath of Druids. (laughs) Something really big and stupid and just kill them. Oh, I kind of like that. Have you ever heard of a card called Biorhythm? 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. That is something. That's probably not very vintage playable. No, but, but just, I mean... I'm thinking of ways to just abuse massive instants and sorcery. Well, the one thing that makes uh, this card better is uh, not paying seven mana for it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Outside of that, we also did get some other cool reprints. Like, we got a Tauren reprint, which he's worth like two cents, but Tauren's still cool. Once again, just more availability. Never uh-huh. bad. Uh, Sharding Sphinx. Commander Rockstar. Yeah, very good commander card. Uh, Vodarkan Archmage. That's a really good reprint. Good old combo. Combo card. Yep, big time. Yeah, so these reprints, I think that's just a reoccurring theme in this set. Uh, the reprints are colossal. They're absolutely... There's a new card I thought was pretty cool, and it's only a common. Um, but blue? it's Yeah, Archeomender. Archeomender. So Mender, yeah, not Mancer. Yes. So yeah. t- two and a blue, Human Wizard, two, three. When it enters the battlefield, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, that one's really neat. That one seems pretty good. I agree. I'm trying to think of a world where this is just like a popper busted card. And I can't think of anything right off the top of my head, but I'm also not the biggest popper guy. I also don't know what uh, artifacts are really in popper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, this is a popper card now. So, like, yes, that's it the is. People can think about. I do like the fact that they did print one of these kind of cards that says the, the, the creature that gets something back of this type. Like, there's the enchantment one. There's a uh, instant speed one. There's the sorcery ones. Archeomancer is the instant or sorcery. Yeah, Archeomancer's Incident of Sorcery. Uh, there's the white one that gets enchantments. I can't remember its name. I should know the white one more than anything else. Uh, and there's like Anarchist, the red one that gets a sorcery. I love me an Anarchist. Yeah, that's pretty combo-y and uh, commander, isn't it? Generally like infinite turn style things. Oh, yeah, you can definitely do funky stuff with that. For- but let's move on to the black cards. Absolutely. Um, go ahead. I'll let you you start here. Sure. Um, the a lot thing of good about... reprints right off the bat. First yeah, exactly. The thing about the black cards that I'm seeing, just like looking at the cards that we've got so far, none, no new cards really stick out to me. It's just like, oh, this is obvious. This is insane. But the black reprints are busted. They're so good. Like, first of I all, I don't think they actually spoiled any new. Oh, yeah, they did. Never mind. Sorry. What am I thinking? Yeah, not great ones. Uh, but again, the reprints are just like, that's the overwhelming highlight from the black card. Uh, first of all, we got Shieldred, Whispering One. He's our uh, big bride Praetor. I mean, Shieldred's just like impossible to w- beat in, vin- or in Limited, right? Like if you ever cast a Shieldred, like it's game. I fucking hope so. Yeah, it should be. Um, we also got Exhum as a reprint, which is nuts. And the better Exhum. A reanimate. A just good old reanimate. Just straight up reanimate, which I will never, ever, ever complain about because reanimate is so good. Um, uh, Rise of a, the Dark Realms is a, a nice yeah, reprint. To a more a commander-centered reprint, Rise of the Dark Realms, that card was creeping up in price like pretty steadily. Like That card, that was an expensive card. Yes, it was uh, another super expensive card, uh, Exquisite Blood. Yeah, again, another commander card that was super expensive that is, like, insanely good. Well, it only had one reprint, right? Or one printing prior to this. I believe so. Yeah, you're right. I mean, also, we got Blood Artist, another reprint. Like, Blood Artist is an uncommon that was, like, five bucks for an- I thought it was more than that just because... It's so good. Yeah, he's strong. Yeah, Blood Artist is really good. We also got Goldcaller Glissa, which, to my knowledge, was only ever printed in commander sets. So, like, this is the perfect product for them to do those reprints. It just fits so well. 
Yeah, I think this the the black cards had the best reprints because they also had uh, uh, Drana, Drana, Liberator of Malakir. Yes, that Another card's big sick. commander card. Yeah, yeah, I do, and like the yeah the vampire tribal deck like that card is just such a powerhouse. Um, there was a couple new cards that were really, really, really entertaining to watch people's inter- like reactions to them. The first one, my boy, motherfucking Tiny Bone. See, there's, I love this card, but he's Tiny Bones. He should have had a super weak to dog. Oh, Matt, you are the flavor G tonight. Holy shit. Like how, how is the flavor text is? bad dog and how the, the art was like bad him getting because like the art is him like running away like stealing something cool would it how have been just for them tossing like heels. a couple dogs because mm-hmm. yeah. he's got tiny bones and you know what dogs like to chew on bones fucking bones man damn that's so good <laughs> i thought you would like that i love that yeah but tiny bones is outside of the obviously flavor failure that him not being susceptible to dogs it's kind of just uh, good it's very very good yeah tiny bones trinket thief he is one in a black for a legendary skeleton rogue. He's a one-two and says at the beginning of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and lose one life. And for four and two black, each opponent with no cards in hand loses 10 life. Yeah, just knock them for 10. Um, these are not modern. Yeah, thank goodness. Yep. Uh, because, sorry, Corey, but piss off. Uh, this would be this would be ridiculous in that. Oh, I think uh, this is still like, this is a Corey card through and through, though. If we're gonna be hundred percent honest. Oh yeah. Oh, and the first time I saw this too, I screenshotted immediately and sent it to uh, one of my buddies, Zach. There has never been a more Zach card. It's a dude who has played eight rack since he started playing Magic. Like loves Thoughtseize, loves Inquisition. Oh, well, you got loves love the rack, but the the rack is yeah. Where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this card just set the world on fire and for all the right reasons. Zach, I thought you were better than that. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out not. Nope. Nope. I mean, if it's a person that associates with us, uh, you should expect less from them. Yeah, fair enough. Another new card that I really enjoyed was Kels Fight Fixer. This card's sick, man. Yeah, these. it's a super cheap sacrifice outlet. And then you can just take advantage of drawing cards. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just, so, that's the best part. Yeah, I'll, I'll read this since you read okay. the last. So this is Kel's Fight Fixer. It's two black black. Uh, she is a legendary creature, Azra Warlock. Which is... fucking Azra is, but... This but, is the first time ever seeing that creature type. She bad. While you're, while you're reading it, I'm going to see how many other Azras are in Magic. Uh, outside of Shapeshifters, I'm going to guess a hard Z. <laughs> but... Uh, she's a four-three menace. Whenever you sacrifice a creature, you may pay one blue-black hybrid. So either blue or black. If you do, draw a card. Pretty good. And then for one colorless, sack a creature. Kells Fight Fixer gains indestructible till end of turn. I am Stupid. into that. I am into this card. This the even that part alone is really good. Menace. So you're basically always going to eat one of their creatures, and it has she gains indestructible and Whenever you sacrifice a creature, you don't have to sacrifice a creature to her. No, to just in ability, general. Or to take advantage of the draw a card aspect. Yep. Yeah, I mean, she's just nuts. Like, she's a very, very good commander. And, like, yeah, like you said, just a free sack outlet that can make itself indestructible. Pretty good. And do you, the card draw in for yeah. sacrifice decks. Yeah, very, very good. Matt, do you <sighs> want to take a guess? Now that you said zero, I'm going to let you take another guess. How many Azras are in Magic? Outside of 
uh, cows. One. Uh, you were actually pretty wrong. There are seven other Azras. What the fuck is Azra? Um, it is like the the green skinned horned creature. Sure, you're not thinking of centaur. Or not green, purple. Um, it's like a purple skin horned creature. Um, there are yeah, there are six of them that are in Battle Bond, and one of them is in Modern Horizons. And I and if you would have asked me that question, I would have said probably zero beforehand. Uh, this is my petition to get more Azras in Magic. Demonic ancestry. I think that's like a, is that like an Asian theme? I honestly have no clue. I'm gonna have to brush up on my Azra lore. That's what I was reading here. There's a lot of them are rogues, assassins, or mercenaries. That fits hmm. into the cards that have been printed. I only say the the Asian sub theme because they're a lot of like the, they're like wielding like Asian weapons and ninjas okay. and shit. But that's, I mean, there that's is the only reason I say that there is like a ninja that is. And yeah, Azra as well. Azra Smoke Shaper. That's the first one I looked at, and I was like, uh-huh. oh, is that something like that? Because, hmm. like, they're, he's wearing the samurai get-up, or the samurai, like, their armor or whatever. Interesting. No shit. I'm excited to see Azra become a... You know what, Kel's fight fixer? I apologize. Well, nope. you still are one of a kind. Yeah, I started out to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then we got... It for the black card. Yeah, reanimate. Uh, obviously very good. Trying to see anything else here that's we got the cauldron familiar back. Yeah, baby, innocent let's blood. Go. Innocent blood isn't nothing. That's a, a pretty good reprint. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's yeah. uh the ones I wanted to cover. All right, yeah, let's move on to some red cards. Um, we got some good reprints. Uh, we got Magma Quake, solid reprint. Uh, Grim Lava Mancer, very good card, good reprint. Also, Young Pyromancer, I like that card. I like to see that card reprinted. Yeah. Um, uh, the I, one notable sorry, go good ahead. card is the Lightning Phoenix. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I like this card a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so it is 2-1 red for a 2-2 Phoenix. Uh, it has Flying Haste, and Lightning Phoenix cannot block. It also says at the beginning of your end step, if an opponent was dealt three or more damage this turn, you may pay one red. If you do, return Lightning Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. Does this just make the Legacy Grixis Phoenix deck that much better? Because oh, that deck was stupid with, like, Lotus Petal, Ritual, uh, Buried Alive, Swing for Nine. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, this card just by itself is very, very good. And, like, just bolting your opponent and then having another red uh, just to get another a 2-2 two, two back. another body, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it is at the beginning of your end step. If it was each end step, I think it'd be much better because you could just, like, bolt your opponent, then pay a red, and then get it back, get it and then back, yeah. attack with it. But you, I think that might be too good. And I think, I think you're right. Yep. Uh-huh. I think you're 100% correct. I mean, this card's very good, though. The fact that I it's not legal in you. modern, probably smart. Yeah, very smart. Good job. Good job, Wizards. Those are the only real big yeah, that's red, all the red cards. cards right? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the, uh, the color that is the most powerful in Magic and also got the most busted cards. That yeah. green. <laughs> yeah, let's just get this this one out of the way. Yeah, let's let's start with some of the reprints, right? So, uh, Lurking Predators, a good reprint uh, in for a green enchantment. It's a pretty good card. Uh, Galta, good reprint. Thrag Tusk, yeah, yeah, good reprint. Ravaging Bayloth, a ravenous Bayloth, also. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that as a reprint. Uh, we, we also got just like some generically good elves as good reprints, like Elvish Archdruid. Pretty Sabella, solid. 
Dwynen's Elite. Salvala, Heart of the Wild. Is... Salvala is a one hell of a reprint. That card is nuts. And in Limited, that card just fucking wrecks. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Salvala. Um, other notable reprints, I mean, we got Uvenwald Hydra. How do you feel about that? Don't really care. No, Um, but also we got reprints like Oracle of Moldiah. Real Jeez. strong. Yeah, that, and also like a very like pretty expensive card. Even with all of the reprints it's seen, it's still pretty pricey. Um, we got reprints like Crater Hoof Behemoth. Are you yeah, serious? That's, that's a good. In what world do you ever open up one of the seated packs with Crater Hoof and lose a game? When you don't draw Crater Hoof. Yeah, I guess just hopefully get uh one that has some card draw, an additional pack with card draw in it. Uh, but we, yeah, Crater Hoof we, just will win you every game that you cast it. We did get a functional reprint, um, a different color, but Brindle Shoot. Oh, yeah, that's yeah a functional reprint. Yeah, the one in a green, 1-1, one, one, Boar. When it dies, create Boar. There was a red card, I think it was Ixalan. Yep, it was the, the dinosaur, dinosaur that yeah, had emerged that, that said when it's dealt damage, you make a... Enrage. Or Enrage, there you go, thank you. Um, On to some of the new cards. Uh, <sighs> Man, we I... actually... Can we just not talk about this card? I, I want to say, uh, we actually did get a Tribal Defender good card. Oh, yep, you're right. Towering Titan, so four green green for a giant. Uh, it's a zero zero. It enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the total toughness of other creatures you control. And then sack a creature with defender. All creatures gain trample until end of turn. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. And I'm assuming, like, you also have Assault Formation in that same, like, Defender-style deck. Assault Formation's say. a pretty good reprint. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, and, and that's and that's all the green cards, right? <laughs> no. No, sir, it is not. Oh, god damn it. Let's uh, let's read this other, the green one with the multicolor green. Oh, uh, this yeah. One, this one's pretty good. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. So this is Neath, Nyeth of the Dire Hunt. Two green, green for legendary creature, human warrior. Uh, it's a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, draw a card. Pretty good. I kind of like that. Like, that's yeah. just a very unique ability. Yes. And then at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay two and a red or green hybrid. If you do, double target creature's power in, until end of turn. That creature must be blocked this combat. If I like that a lot. Like, that card is so cool. They could have stopped at the uh, the first line. Stopped the first it's still been really good. It should be yeah. very good. Like, what a cool commander card. Like, you just get to do, like, a fight-themed commander. Yeah, and get card advantage out of it. Yeah, it just fight club dot commander. Generally, your creatures are going to be bigger playing green. Yep. Uh, especially if you get to double them up. Yeah, very, very and true. force them to block. All right, uh, now we're done with green, right? All right, so this is Allosaurus Shepherd. No, no, we're done with we're, we're done with, with we're done with green. We're not talking about it anymore. So this is just a single green. Nope. For nope. a one 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 elf shark. doesn't exist. Allosaurus Allosaurus Shepherd can't be countered. Green spells control can't be countered. Yeah, you can't counter it because it doesn't exist. And then for four green green until end of turn, each elf creature you control has base power and toughness five five. And becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other type. Great, yeah, um, yeah, that would be really, really, really cool if it was a card that existed, but it doesn't exist. 
it exists. They do exist. Uh, nope, doesn't exist. Nope, just going to block this out of my memory. The fact that it, it exists is not, not a real thing in my life. Nope. This car's wild. I'm going to live in a dystopian world where they just didn't print Allosaur Shepard. Everything is the same, except and for Allosaur Shepard. Till you come across an elves text that just stomps you with oh, it. Oh, no, man. Oh, why did they do this? What about this card is okay? It's one green mana. It can't be countered. It says green spells. Yes, yeah, spells. Not creatures. Not spells creatures. can't spells. be countered. What about this card is okay to play? I don't know, but I like I hate it. I've never hated a card more. Like, this is, like, this might be worse than Coligan's. It doesn't have hexproof, so that's the only plus. You can bolt it or fatal push it. Um, or Swords of Plowshare it, because Swords of Plowshare is the only thing I need, need to worry about with it. But Jesus, man, come on with this shit. This card is disgusting. Like, making so that your natural orders can't be countered. Making this so all of your elves can't be countered. Making this so your green sun zenith can't be countered. Making this so your veil of summers can't be countered. Why? Are you serious? Wizards, Why? Like, I don't know what I did to somebody in Wizards that they printed this card, but it was something really mean. Like, I I must have, like, disrespected somebody's, like, ancestors or something for them to print this card. It is, oh, man, this is so good. Yeah, it's just I, another mana dump that also is really good at protecting. It's, I don't like the whole, the can't be countered part is way better than, like, the Teferi text of saying, hey, you just don't get to play magic. Yeah, sure, okay, yeah. But still, like, this does everything that you want a one-drop elf to do. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that it's an elf really fucking irks me, man. Yeah, it's just going to be a four of in every... Uh, maybe not a four of, but probably a four of. No, I think it's going to be a three. Three or four. Yeah, it's good. I think this puts Legacy Elves back into a very good spot in Legacy. And if that's the case, I already don't have a deck that's like particularly good in a lot of legacy matchups. It's been seeing like some play and I have been like actually seeing some success because I have been playing legacy more recently than I have in the past. But the second this card comes out and if elves starts showing up in big numbers, I go back to not being able to play legacy because I can't beat elves already. In what world do, do I ever beat this card? ever main deck pyroclasms in death and taxes? Yes. It <laughs> seems good, right? The red splash. Oh, you know what? No, I, if anything, I think I do the black splash and play Plague Engineer. Not a bad idea. Like this card gets wrecked by Plague Engineer, which I think is good. Elves gets wrecked by Plague Engineer. That's true. Uh, but like, oh my god, I hate this card so much. Yeah, it's real strong. Yeah, I haven't hated a brand new card in this much in a very long since Ren and Six. I think Ren and Six was the last card that I saw that I hated. As this is currently pre-selling for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, because it's dumb. It's way dumb. Oh, boy. Elves players rejoice. Yeah, fuck you, elves players. You didn't need this. Let them fight against counter magic now. I guess so. On a, on a one drop. All right, let, let's move on. I'm sick of talking about this card. Uh, let's move on to some colorless spells, eh? So, there's nothing really flashy in the colorless. No, I mean, but not flashy doesn't mean there's not good stuff, right? Like, there's uh, Dreamstone Hedron, which is good. There's Hedron Archive, which is good. Uh, Juggernaut, which is serviceable in a lot of limited formats. Meteor chromatic, Golem, which is very good. Chromatic Sphere. Yep, there's Chromatic Sphere. Uh, a lot of these, I think, really fit into the multicolored one. Also, yeah. this is proof that That's there is too. There's a Scarecrow theme, which is sick. Yeah, we got Scuttlemutt, Scarecrow. Yeah, the Signpost Scarecrow. 
That's probably the biggest reprint of Scarecrow in the color list so far. Yeah, I think you're right. But I'm sure we'll, we will see more uh, colorless cards come out as as the set continues to, to be released. Yeah, probably. Um, and then also in the colorless section, to move on from that, uh, notable reprints are Maelstrom Archangel, which is very good. You mean the multicolored? You said yeah, colorless. Yeah. yeah, multicolored, my bad. Yeah, the multicolored one, which is these are all going to be in one pack as well, because this is also a rare one. Maelstrom Archangel is a hell of a card if you can cast it. Yeah, real strong. Um, Fusion Elemental, also big bad boy. Five mana, eight, eight. Vanilla, pretty good. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, outside of that, I'm, I mean, I think we should move on to lands. Yeah, let's do it. Um, before we get to talk about the best part about this set, let's talk about these new dual lands that we got. The Thriving Land. Yeah, these are really cool. Oh, man, these are sweet. So the Thriving Lands, there's one in each color. So there's a red one, green one, black one, blue one, white one. And all of these enter the battlefield tapped. And when they enter the battlefield, you choose a color other than the color that they can already produce. And then they tap and add their main color or the chosen color. These are so sweet. Yeah, these are pretty cool. Yeah, and from my knowledge, each pack, regardless of the theme, is going to have one of these that is the color of that pack, right? So, so if a it's a red pack would have the thriving bluff. Yeah, and a green pack would have the thriving grove. White pack would have the thriving heath, so on and so forth. Um, so that just really helps with your mana fixing. When you know the two colors of the packs that you got, you play one of these, pick the other color, and then you just have a functional dual land for your deck. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Good design. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's stellar design. Also, Terramorphic Expanse um, in these packs is super sweet, too. That art. That new art is stellar. Oh, boy, it's so good. Also got Rupture Spire, Spire and uh, Meriden's Core as like five mana, five color. Yep, lands. color fixing. Which, never a bad thing. Um, we did get one rare land in Riptide Laboratory. This land's actually pretty cool. Um, so there's definitely a wizard theme. Yeah, there's definitely a wizard's pack. That's actually, that's confirmed. Um, it taps for one generic mana, and then for one and a blue, you can tap it and return target wizard you control to its owner's hand. I mean, this land can probably do work in the wizards. Yeah, I'm of sure all the there's ETB. a lot of ETB. Uh, oh, for sure. Or, hey, block, bounce that. But now let's move into the main event. The These basic. fucking basic lands. I don't think I've ever been more excited about a basic. Yeah, they're really cool. So in each of these packs, you're going to get some number of the normal basics, and then you're going to get one copy of the themed basic of that pack. So the the notable one, there's two ones that I'm really stoked. First of all, the dog-themed pack is white. So you get a dog planes. The dog planes is a fluffy so white good. dog. Yeah. So in the meadow. Good. It's just a good fluffy white boy. Just sitting, looking at butterflies. Yeah. In a, just field of daisies. Butterfly buddies. I love that dog so much. I want to be in that plane with that dog more than any other place. Like <laughs> this makes me think of uh, happy Gilmore. This happy just, place. Like, just think about your happy place. And my happy place is literally just a, this planes that meadow with that dog yep so when i close my eyes to pot that is what i think about it's that exactly go to your happy place oh i love so, it so much. that's your that's your favorite planes there's also one that's like a reflective surface looking at its reflection which is pretty cool yeah i really then, like that one and then the the unicorns coming yeah, out the of the clouds with the clouds as unicorns is really sick 
Um, can we talk about the swamps now? Yeah. So, Jesus, man. This, uh, there's a swamp in the Perexian language with Perexian obliterator just hanging out on a little Perexian island. I guess like like a a swamp. With like a gross mountain in the back, like with a big plume of like toxic green smoke. Like Titus Lunter knocked this out of the fucking park. I love this when they do this, nuts. like, the Pyrexian language, and it's so cool. Well, there's only been two cards with the Pyrexian script, right? The yeah, that, Judge the Promo, Elishorn, and then, and then yep. this Swamp. This Swamp is going to be absolutely, like, one of the chase cards from this set. Which is wild. Which I mean, which I love. Holy shit, is this good? I cannot wait to get my hands on one of those just to see it in person. It's going to be so cool. I mean, and there's also other great Swamps, too. Like the one with like the hand as a cauldron. Yeah, where, that's pretty cool. Um, the, the swamp the with the zombies coming out. Yeah, that's not, neat. Uh, the, I mean, oh my goodness. All the other the, one with the, the hands and the eyeball coming up out of the swamp. Uh-huh. That one's like very stylized. I like that a lot. Um, the forest too are very, very good. The one with the deer with a bunch of uh, like Venus flytrap looking plants. Yeah. That is just super bright and colorful. I love that. Reminds me of like the Lorwyn cycle of land. Is that one? Is that one your favorite out of the forests? I think so. Yeah, uh, it, it is a close tie between that and the what looks like a lion crouching in the weeds. Yeah, like a lion or a tiger just like prowling. That's a really good one. That that one's the cat, I believe. Yeah, and then the the dinosaur one kind of sucks in a way. Um, it's not. I mean, you, you're we're honestly just comparing it to the two previous ones that we talked about. That's uh, fair. It's hard to compare when you're talking about those two, which are two of the best forests I've seen in a very long time. And the only special island that we've received so far is like a book island, which I'm assuming is coming from the wizard pack. I would. Assume. But that is such a sick island. Yeah, that's like, pretty cool. Like we've already covered that I can't read. But if I could, I would really be like books like books would be sick. So if I could read, this would be my island. I, but I can't. So I'm going to I'm going to pass this. <laughs> and that's I don't want to just skip over the regular basics they're actually all pretty cool too no the regular just the art in this set in general is freaking awesome it's great yeah so the one forest is like the bamboo forest with a path going up the mountain yeah we, you cool. and i both talked about that it's just being very 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 good and then the other one's just a bunch of spears that's the one thing like I, you can't take away from the set is the fact that they have these basics like these seeded basics that are specific to the packs they could not have done something cooler. No, they're pretty sweet. They've been kind of going balls to the walls. I mean, with the with basic arts recently. You're, I think you're right. I think just in general, the art in Magic is just getting better and better. And, and by leaps and bounds, not by small margins, by a huge, huge, huge leap, it's getting better. Yeah, they yeah. kind of have to keep stepping it up when they kill, knock it out of the park the first time. You can't get better than some of the artists for lands. Like Titus lands... I've said this a million times. Titus is my favorite digital artist in Magic, and he is just so incredibly good at doing lands. This Phyrexian Swamp is, in my opinion, his best work by a mile. Yeah, and he's done some disgusting good work. Yeah, I love it. So, I mean, that's that's what we got for the set so far, Matt. Um, grading scale, one out of ten. Where are you at Jumpstart? right now with the cards that we have released i don't know man it's just reprints alone it's like an eight and a half yeah dude i mean and with some of this other stuff in there 
a nine. And like, that's where I'm sitting too, which is wild. Initially, when I heard what, what Jumpstart was going to be, I was like, okay, like we might get some okay reprints. This format might be cool to play. I don't know. Like we'll have to see. Yeah, how, how long ago did we talk about this? And we're like, oh, that sounds neat. Uh, it was, it was at least a couple months. Yeah, it was just, oh, that's neat. Cool idea. I think it was, it was before, like, I, th I think it was either before or right at the beginning of COVID. So it was at least two months. I think it was about the time that they came out with the uns. That could be it. Yeah, because they released the concept really early on. But I think you're right. This set is like an eight and a half, nine. Just like on the, the concept is great. The execution of it so far, awesome. And the reprints are out of this world. Like what yeah, would push it sweet. over the edge? I think I'm sitting at like an eight and a half now. What would finish it to a nine for me would be like some more legacy playable cards, especially white cards. If, it, if they made white cards, it's easy nine. But just some legacy playable fun cards and for the rest of these themes to be absolute home run. Because there yeah. is, you can actually see the list of themes if you want to. Um, the, the place that I found it that is the most, uh, I think, reliable and most easy way to find it is on the MTG wiki. Uh, it's on the Gamepedia. If you just search Jumpstart and go to the MTG Wiki link, uh, you can actually see all of the themes. Um, and some ones that we don't have any cards for yet are like Eldrazi, uh, Mono White Doctors, uh, Wolves, Under the Sea, Pirates. Like, there are some really, really cool themes. Milling is a theme. There are some cool themes that we have not seen any cards yet. So I'm looking forward That's to the rest wild. of That's pretty wild, yeah. I can dig it. Hell yeah. Well, Matt... I think at this point, it's time for us to move into our top five of them. Sounds good. I don't have mine in a specific order, but I have. I have. All right. Well, I'll introduce it, um, and then we will jump right in. So our top five of the week, um, because we have all of Corset 2021 spoilers, uh, we decided to take a look, a deep dive, and figure out in our minds what are the top five non-rare cards for draft. So these are the top five cards that when we open packs and we get like a, a rare that isn't particularly playable and limited, what are the cards that we are looking for in the pack to first pick and kind of lead us into our draft on a good foot? So, Matt, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Um, I do. Uh, so the Cubs of the Play Tap, Gain of Life, those lands. Okay. I think those are always good to have in sets, and fixing is so crucial, and oftentimes even like monocolor decks will could play play them. Yeah, you're right. If, if you just pick up one like on a wheel randomly, like you, you can just throw it in your deck. It's not a bad thing. If it's like your turn one play and you're just starting the game with 21 life, that's that's solid. Um, my second uh, honorable mention is Sure Strike. OK, I like that. Such such a good combat trick. Uh, oh, team, yeah, big time. One in a red instant, uh, plus three, plus O oh, in first strike. Generally going to trade up. Yeah, uh, almost a hundred times, especially if you're like you're the one who is being able to dictate that with like blockers or something. You're just always going to trade up. Yes. And then uh, I really, really want this card to be super good. Uh, Basri Solidarity. Oh, dude, I think that card's going to be not. So one in a white, put a one one counter on each creature you control. I think with two creatures is how I would want to play it. But if you have like a bunch of tokens laying around and just creatures you're adding like you could add five power to the board for two mana yeah and if you're thinking about the set in like the kind of generic draft draft archetypes uh the white red deck is going to be going wide uh the green white deck is going to be putting plus one plus one counters on things like this card will fit into your white decks 
your aggressive white decks uh, very, very easily and very good. And then I think that that was... No, I had one more. Hold on. Uh, finishing Blow. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Just five mana instant, destroy creature or planeswalker. Unconditional yeah, removal. Uh, five mana uh, seems a bit hefty, uh, but oftentimes is not to get rid of anything, including a planeswalker. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the planeswalker text on that is going to be less relevant, uh, but there's sometimes where it's just going to come up and it's going to be very good for you. And for five mana, this is pretty splashable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is that all your honorable mentions? It is. So I have a handful. Um, I'm just going to blow through them quick. Uh, Capture Sphere in blue, it's the enchantment that taps something down. Uh, I mean, just the blue removal is always going to be good because you really don't see that much removal in that color. Um, Grasp of Darkness is always overperformed and limited for me, even though it's only even though it's too black. Oh, that was my other one. Sorry. I have one more. That was Grasp. my, yeah. Yep. Minus four, um, minus four is strong. Yeah, it's very, very strong. I also like uh, Scorched and Dragonfire and Shock, just as cards in a set in general. I always really like that. Uh, Skyscanner. Skyscanner overperforms in every limited for format. Yeah, every limited. Three mana, one, one flyer. That draws you a card. I also, depending on how the format shakes out, I think there's going to be times where I pick Rewind as my first pick a lot really i think rewind depending on the format again if it's super aggressive it's less good but if it's a slower format rewind goes up in value significant also if you are playing this format and you can get like a pretty good five color like shrines thing going on you're gonna want to pick up cultivate cultivate is a very powerful card oh yeah yeah get some basics but those are my honorable mentions do you want me to jump off first with my number five yeah go for it Oh, one more honorable mention. Uh, shout out to Faith's Fetters. That card's great. Yes, it is. Yeah. But number five is uh, Watcher of the Spheres. Um, it is the one blue, one white, two, two flyer uncommon. It makes your flying creatures cost one less. And whenever another flying creature enters the battlefield under your control, it gets a plus one, plus one until the end of turn. I, I'm going to first pick this card a lot if it's in my back. Like even over some of the rares, I'm probably going to. See, I don't like first picking multicolor cards generally. And generally, I do not either like you won't see any other multicolor card in my top five i think this card is good enough and just looking at the set the flyers in blue and white are good enough that first picking this card you getting there is probably pretty high and i think the blue white flyers deck is going to be just better than every other deck in this you think so yeah outside of like somebody blowing you out with like a busted rare I think just generically, if you have blue-eyed flyers with, like, a couple good uncommons and, like, commons, I think that's going to be the best deck in the form. Okay. What's your number five? My number five was actually on your list, uh, Scorching Dragonfire. Yeah, that card's very good. Two mana instant, three damage to creature or planeswalker, and it exiles if it dies. Mm-hmm. Pretty good removal. Not no, unconditional, but uh, low casting costs, lets you interact early. Uh, can I mean, help get rid of something big. Looking at the uh, the spoilers too, like, that card kills a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of X3s and below. So Matt, what's your number four? My number four, I I want to, I'm putting, I'm hedging. Okay. Angelic Ascension. <laughs> yes. And yes, it's it seems funny. So it's one in a white instant, exile target creature or planeswalker. Its controller creates a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying. Uh-huh. Yes, so it, it either gets rid of something real bomby they have, um, or you could block some block something and then exile, 
or turn one of your one one tokens into a four four flyer. Or turn one of your just like idiot creatures that's like getting targeted by a removal spell. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be good, but so I think it's going to be insane because it's also my number four. <laughs> oh, fair, nice. Yeah, Angelic Ascension is my number four for sure. I think this card is busted. I'm going to pick this card a ton, and it's going to be so much fun just making four fours for myself, or just like blowing up my opponent's like bomb mythic rare. Yeah, turns out it gets rid of some of the more problematic, and I like that it also hits Planeswalkers. And it exiles, too. That's a big thing. Yeah, just says, nope, get the hell out of here. Because there, there is a decent amount of recursion in this set. Like, looking at it, there's a lot of things that can get stuff back from the yard. Uh, this says, mm, no, no, sir. Uh, you put that in, in the exile hole. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, that is, yeah, that was also, yeah, Angelic Incessions is my number four. Nice. But my number three is actually one of your honorable mentions. It is Basri Solidarity. Yeah, I really think that card is going to be strong. I think this card is nuts. Just And like I said before, the red-white deck is go-wide. The green-white deck is plus one, plus one counters. This is going to be one of the best cards in your deck in both of those archetypes. It also is counters. It's not just plus one, plus one mm -hmm. to end a turn. It's counters. They stick around. If it was one in one white for just plus one, plus one, I mean, that's still okay. But the We've fact that it's counters like that pushes it way over the yeah, this so, just pumps your team forever. Yeah, good number three. How about you with your uh, number three? My number three is Volcanic Geyser. Ooh. X red red instant. It deals X damage to any target. Okay. Um, obviously, three mana deal one, not that great. Uh, four mana deal two, still not that great. Five mana deal three, I think that's the lowest. And this isn't something that, this is kind of like a aggressive finisher. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, and and like I said, that that aggressive like red white deck, you just like chipping in, and then they just kind of build a wall, and then you just maybe make a alpha strike. You trade some stuff or get some stuff chewed up, deal that last bit of damage, and then just finish them off with geyser. I like where that's at. Or it seems like red green seems to be like heavier end, like mana ramping, and that's also good there. Just generic red green idiots. Yeah, which and instant is, speed which is, is really nice. Oh, for End sure. of turn, burn something or burn them. Or, yeah, this just, like, works as a way to kill your opponent. It works as a combat trick. It works as a removal spell. It just, it wears so many hats. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, what's your number two? My number two is actually on your uh, honorable mentions, uh, Faith's Fetters. Oh, yeah. Faith's Fetters is insane, man. Four mana, gets rid of a creature or problematic permanent because enchant permanent so it can deal with planeswalkers uh really good and the four life is nothing to scoff at faith fetters is insane and like there's chances that i'm there's gonna be a lot of packs where i pack one pick one to face better yeah a lot of these are i'm yeah, very happy because with limited you they say to follow the bread method so bombs removal evasion aggressive and then your shitty dead or Dead duds, whatever. Yeah, your your filler card. I really like Fast Fighters. I've never not loved that. Yeah, it's never bad unless they just don't have creatures, and then it's like, okay, well, you're probably losing anyway in most limited formats. But my number two, my number two is one of your honorable mentions, man. It is finishing blow. Yeah, the, the that's what I said. I didn't actually rank them, rank them. Unconditional removal at instant speed is always it's really good. Looking phenomenal, and like, yeah, finishing blow is my only common on my list at least in my my actual top five but for a good reason it is number two 
it is, like you said, unconditional removal for a creature or planeswalker. It's at instant speed. It's hard to beat that. And there's going to be times where you open up a pack and your uncommons are just like, <laughs> like Tormod's Crypt or Meteorite or yeah. just like bad cards. And it's splashable. It really is. I've splashed five mana removal. Like it's yeah, not you... hard, especially with these dual, the gain life duelings. Uh-huh. It's really not that hard. Well, also, like, if you see these, like, third or fourth pick, these are a great signal card to be like, yeah. okay, my the person passing to me is very obviously not in black. It's open. Let's move in. Yeah. Yeah, I love finishing. But my number one card. I feel like we have the same number one. Is it Soulseer? No. Oh, Soulseer is, I think, my, the number one card. Number one uncommon removal spell in the set. Soulseer. Is two and one red instant speed deal five damage to target creature or planeswalker that permanent loses indestructible until the end of turn. Matt, there are exactly eight. Oh, non- I didn't see this card. Yeah, this card's nuts. There is exactly eight non rare creatures that this doesn't kill. Yeah, That's I didn't it. see this. I this missed is this. Absolutely the definition of premium removal. Like instant speed. Yeah, it's yeah, cheap. that's. It kills almost everything in the set. And some of the things that it doesn't kill are just like unplayable cards that just happen to have like six toughness. Yeah, this is the best removal for sure. I didn't like I missed this one. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, that happens. But when you see this in a pack, uh, assuming that your rare isn't just like an absolute bomb, you you take this 10 out of 10 and you never look back. Yeah, like I can't think of a card over this that I would take. Nope, I would agree. Makes my number one look like a stupid idiot. What's your number one? Eliminate. Okay. I mean, that's also another premium removal spell. Yeah, Soul Seer is better. <laughs> For sure it's better. Oh my god, it's significantly better. It's not even kind of close, but... So th- this is a one in a black instant destroy target creature or planeswalker with CMC three or less. Yeah, uh, this is just like, this qualifies as one of those removal spells that I don't think that it is better per se than any of the other common black removal, like Grasp of Darkness or Finishing Blow, but it is definitely more efficient than both of those by a mile. Yeah, Soul Seer is my new number one because that is better. Yeah, best. It's the, I think it's one of the best commons. Not playing the set, just like looking at it in a vacuum, that's the best common in this, or uncommon in this. I think that's the reoccurring trend with our top five. Almost all of our picks are removal. Yeah, that's because they're... Generally, the best besides yeah. bombs that will you just gotta prioritize win you that. the game. You want to remove their best threats and kill them. So, but that's also a thing to think about. There is a lot of removal, a ton of removal in this set for limited. Like you're never going to be short on removal unless you just don't prioritize it at all. Yeah. But if if everybody's prioritizing removal in the way that they should at the draft table, everybody should have like between two and five like premium pieces of removal. Well, that's a bit excessive, but. I get what you're saying. I think so, for sure. Or maybe not everybody at the table, because there's always going to be people at the table that just don't, which there's decks that you can just, like, not worry about it. Like, if you have one drafter at the table that's dropping the shrines, like, that person doesn't really need to worry about removal as much, so they might only have, like, one or two pieces. Yeah, because they're leveraging their shrines for Mm -hmm. removal. and. But if you make it out of a draft with, like, one copy of Finishing Blow and, like, a Grasp of Darkness and like a sphere of resistance or something or capture sphere. Like you're, you're, you're pretty happy. Yeah. You're not upset about it. I'm excited to drop the set, man. Yeah. It looks fun. You know what I'm also excited for? What's that? The fetch and shock Corset 2021 
post-release, pre-release. Oh, we yeah, yeah. play these cards. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. So, yeah, again, just a little subtle plug. Fetch and Shock Discord. If you're interested in playing Magic with uh, me and Matt and some of the other uh, beautiful people in the Fetch and Shock community, jump on there. Join in the fun. Come on out. But, Matt, there's only one more thing we got to do tonight, bud. Play the game. Mm-hmm. It's time to play the game. And the game we're referring to is Accumulated Knowledge. So each week, we like to close out the episode with a little game. Um, in this game, we go onto the Scryfall website, and we hit the random card generating button. A random card pops up, and one of us asks the other the name of that magical card. The other has to guess the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, uh, they are only going to open up the worst Jumpstart packs when they play Jumpstart. Terrible. Yeah, you're just going to get like the... Or at least the worst combination of packs. You're going to get like Wizards and then Goblin. Ugh. And it's going to have like no synergy whatsoever. None. But Matt, I'm asking you this week. Bring it. Already, your first card is Tajuru... Path Warden. Oh shit! This is I'm the is it T A J? Yeah, T A J U R U. These are this is like a green, like the Tajuru or whatever. They're green. I'm pretty sure. Are I don't they? know this card though. Yeah, this one's a really tough one. I don't think I would have ever gotten this. I don't want to waste a hint yet either. Three and a green. Oh, Matt, is that your final answer? Unfortunately, it is four and a green. So it's a green. Close green thing i don't know what it does or <laughs> well it's for if it's green, green i'm happy yeah era it is green it is also it's an elf warrior ally it is a five four it has vigilance and trample oh through the gate watch uh-huh yeah I, okay That's the one rude well give, Matt, me, give me easier ones you might you might get a chance for some vengeance with this next one uh the card is vengeance is it actually vengeance yep it is that's actually, that was smooth. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate Even within the game, I'm making good transitions. Bitter as wormwort. Sweet as mauled wine. You might have to use, uh, I'm sure it's like destroy a creature or something. Revenge. I tell you what, this art's pretty derpy. I like it. What set is this originally from? Is that your hint? That's my hint. Because I think I know what it does. It is originally portal. from Portal. Yeah, the, I know what this is. This is uh, destroy a tapped and it's three and a white, I think. Matt, is that your final answer? Yes, because the I I only know this. I was when going through my boxes and stuff. There's For middle this, school stuff. Yeah, there's this woman with like a shotgun. Oh, that is actually the portal second age art. Uh, the it's still fucking portal. The one I'm looking at is the portal one art. But yeah, uh, you're right. That is exactly the command cost. But yeah, the. The freaking art for the portal second age is a just a woman holding a shotgun over this barbarian. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. I was like, I knew it was the creature. Holy the... shit. The flavor text on that one, a bullet renders all sizes equal. Jesus Christ. That could Whoa, be printed today. <laughs> I love that. No, they would have never in a million years. That's that, nuts. That was a lucky guess. Thank you, middle school. Mm-hmm. Pre-modern, technically, but you get it. So, Matt, are you ready for your third one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you'll get this. It is Dusk Legion Zealot. Dusk Legion Zealot. Oh, um, this thing replaces itself. I had three of these in my uh, Exelon draft. Two of these. Two of these things. I'm pretty sure this is one in a black. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes, sir. It is one in a black. 
Yeah, this card's pretty good in that limited format. And we definitely drafted this at a good amount. Yeah, it's a vampire. That's, well, the yep, Dusk Legion kind of gave that away. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, it's a vampire soldier. It's a 1-1. And when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card and lose one life. Yeah, that, that card's pretty solid in that limited format. It was really good because I had the four mana one that whenever a vampire attacks, drain and gain one. Oh, that seems okay. And, and I got that and I just started snapping every vampire that... Oh, yeah. That vampire theme in that format if you have like the rares or uncommons that bomb rare yeah <laughs> yeah that seems like it's okay all right are you ready for your fourth one yeah it is zealous strike what's up with the freaking zealous and zealots and vengeance i don't know man just the scryfall gods they look down upon me <laughs> with a smirk not a not a smile a smirk ah shit what does this do that's a hint right that's a hint so zealous strike says Target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains first strike until the end of turn. Zealous strike. Cower fiend, the knight is yours no longer. I think you just gave it away. I was struggling between white and red, but I'm pretty sure it's white. So I'm going to go one and a white. Is that your final answer? I think so. Matt, you are correct. Zealous kind of. Well, no, because Zealous conscripts is red. Yeah, uh, you gave me that one. Thanks, well, it should. You're welcome. Um, it sh The Zealous also, sh I think, should have given away the set, too. The, the priests, whatever that one was, the that's that's an, Innistrad. that's an Innistrad word for sure. This get this one came out in Abyssin Restore. Would not oh, have guessed geez. that. I can't believe this. Matt, are you ready for your last one? I think so. I think it's going to be easy. It's a gimme. I can just give you the W right now. It is hibernation sliver. Pretty sure this is the green one or uh, pretty sure it's the, the green one. Nations. No, no, no. This is the. Uh, Protects all your slivers. I don't have any hints, do I? You do not. You used both of them. Sliver. One this is the boy. this is the one that lets you combo. I was thinking it was root sliver, not. Pretty sure this is blue black, and you pay two life and bounce a sliver. Yeah, blue black. Matt, is that your final answer? Yes. If my sliver knowledge lets me down, I'm going to be real upset. Well, Matt, it didn't. Okay. Yeah, this is the yeah. one that you pay two life or return it to your hand. Yep. Yeah, each sliver gains pay two life, return this creature to its owner's hand. Yeah, this is a that, that, that sliver's pretty okay. This one's good. It protects your slivers, bud. Yes, it does. That's why I knew. That's why I had a, a good inkling that you were gonna you were gonna get this one. No sliver commander deck can leave home without hibernation sliver. Yeah, especially like the the combo-y ones. Like if you're getting aggressive, this one's not the one. But uh, well, no, you always want this one. This is like one of the ones you can't leave home without. No, the black, like, the black is kind of tough sometimes. Hibernation, I really, good thing I'd love slivers. Yeah, that's what, I knew, it was, since it was a sliver, I kind of had a good, I had a good idea you were going to, you were going to get that one. You didn't do me dirty slivers, I appreciate it. Well, that, Matt, that means that you, uh, you're the proud owner of the shout out this week. So, I'm going to go with something you technically already shouted out, because I was looking it up, and it looks super sweet. Oh, um, hell yeah. The spell table. Yes. Uh, that thing looks really cool. Oh, it's awesome. Never heard of them before today, but they look pretty sweet. Yeah, it's just like, the, it's the the perfect thing for magic in in the current time that we're in. Yeah, that's, it was specifically made for playing magic online with paper. Yeah, magic in the time of COVID. Perfect way to put it. Yeah, like you can keep track of your life total on it. You can click on cards that are on somebody else's screen and it will come up on the side of that card so you can read it. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And you can search the cards. Like if there's a, a card that you just don't know what it is, you just, just type it in on the little sidebar and it comes up. That is just so perfect. 
Yeah, it's really cool. No yeah. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And we will definitely be utilizing that shout out for the uh, the Fetch and Shock Course at 2021 post-release, pre-release. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm excited about that. It seems like it'll be fun. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. So good shout out and also good idea, Rupert, for the post-pre-release, pre-release. And uh, yeah, good job, Matt, on accumulated knowledge. And good job, me, for getting all of the guesses for Corset 2021 right. And good job, you, for listening to this podcast up to this point. Proud of you. The best player on the team. We all did a fucking phenomenal job this week. You did. Oh, also, good job for me for remembering that I need to do the plugs right now. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please go over to the Twitter and search fetch underscore shock to keep up with everything that this podcast and these two idiots have to offer. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at basic land bin. And if you want to follow Matt on Twitter, you can find him at, at it's bot. And like I said, if you want to keep up with everything fetch and shock, you can also shoot on over to the fetch and shock discord the link is in the description of this podcast, and also the link can be found on our Twitter. Couldn't be more simple. No, it's that easy. It ain't easy being cheesy. No, it is it is easy, turns out, because we've been doing it for, I don't know, like 56 weeks at this point? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> We're actually very good at it. We're getting there. Wizards, hire us for uh, co- uh, coverage? Co- do they have coverage still? Is that a thing? I would assume. I'm going to go ahead and say pass on that hell i'll take that gig i can talk about magic cards more than i already do i'm sure you could well matt so here's the thing i cannot scream because my pregnant wife is sleeping oh and i ain't trying that yeah you don't want to wake you don't want to wake the bear i get it so i guess in the quietest voices we can muster peace yeah we will we will see you let we will see you next week nerd I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's the whis- scream whisper. Whisper <laughs> scream? Whisper scream. That's a magic card, right? Sure. I don't know, whatever. Peace. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>